Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Money Manager. I'm Sarah Ayadanza, and as you know, I'm an advisor at UBS Wealth Management. My guest today is Tiffany Rudy, the founder and CEO of Booty by Rudy. She's taking Long Beach and my Instagram by storm. Tiffany is a women's strength and kettlebell coach, as well as a nutrition coach. Also, I currently work with her, so shout out to how much she's helped me with my own fitness journey. Tiffany, welcome, and thanks for being on my show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here, Sarah. Me too. So I wanted to start, tell me if you agree or disagree, but I think you're finding a really good niche with busy working moms. I myself used to struggle with getting to the gym, not having a plan, and it, what I found was it wasted time and probably inhibited seeing results. Now I work out with a plan and I got to tell you, planning is ingrained in me anyway. So naturally this made sense that I work out with a plan too. It takes the guesswork and the frustration out of working out. And I know exactly what I'm going to do so I can plan my workouts around my busy schedule. And as a mom of one, it's made my life just a little bit easier. So thank you. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's my goal. I kind of stumbled into the niche of working with moms. It just so happened that people like yourself and other clients of mine that were really busy moms and like super high performing jobs just did really well on this program. And I said, hey, there's something here. There's something I'm good at. Let me figure out, really nail down what that is and and really try and expand on that and help as many women as I can who are in a similar situation. So yeah, you definitely experienced that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of your targeted audience is a lot of moms. And I think that's a really good area to, to work with. I think it's, we really need it because for me, going to the gym was such a project. And, you know, when we started working together, I was doing like 15 different things and subscribing. And I was, yeah. I was like, it was making me crazy because I would subscribe to like three different workout type of apps or whatever. And I was just frustrated because I wasn't seeing any results. And I didn't know that the answer was strength training because so much of what you see is movement every day, but five minutes here and there and yoga and just Pilates. So you need, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it just wasn't, I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't working for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so for sure. Really good niche there. Yeah. I mean, what I've seen, I think what's so important and what's so unique about working with the mom population of young kids. So let's, I mostly with, work with women in their thirties and I'd say a lot of them are moms, probably majority is that, that, group of women tend to, not all the time, but tend to easily lose sight of themselves and their priorities. And it sounds so simple and we kind of all know this inherently, but it's harder in practice when you do have a kid or two or three and you have a busy life that like you do have to take care of yourself first. And when it comes to how busy you are and how much you have on your plate, you have to lower that barrier of entry. So if that means not having to drive to a gym or a group fitness class, working out right at home, having a plan, and also just taking out the guesswork of like, what should I be doing? What's right for me? What's too much? What's not enough? What exercises do I do? Then that lowers that barrier of entry. And then the moms can feel successful as they enter a sort of fitness regimen or a nutrition regimen and know that it can work for them and work within their lives. And then they don't feel like, oh, 
I'm adding more in on my plate easier. I want to be like another plate Mm -hmm. to support. I don't want you to feel like you're putting more on your plate, you know? Because then you don't look forward to it. I mean, I've been there where it's just, it stresses you out the thought of having to, to do it. Whereas now I told you I, on Sundays, I usually plan my workouts for the week and then it's just like built into my schedule and just makes things easier. And and I'm a mom around it. So those, yes. that's like me time. I mean, I've always enjoyed working out and I've always ingrained it into my schedule, but I have seen other women get totally lost in their kids and put their kids first. And then, but they're unhappy with how they look or how they feel. And they don't want to go through the energy of maybe working with someone or trying to figure out mm-hmm. what works for them. Yeah, yeah. And understand how, how difficult it is. But yeah, once for you sure. find that, it would make your life so much more whole. Yeah. And to think that like if we're not taking care of ourselves or if we do have unhappiness within ourselves or habits that aren't optimized for us or and routines that aren't optimized for us, it would almost be silly to think like our kids aren't picking up on that. Like they're connected to us, whether blood or or adopted or otherwise, like they are living with us. They're dependent on us. I say us, like I have one. I don't have one, but I've been down this road enough. So I'm like, why? (laughs) Before I had Penelope, I would see as lame as it sounds, the moms of Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I appreciated the ones who were working out around their child and the child picks up on that. And that's what I wanted. And it does happen naturally. I mean, she does yoga poses all the time. So not that I do yoga that much, but I think that's great because I didn't have that growing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to see the shift in our younger generations of like incorporating more movement because parents are doing it at home now. And like working out from home is so much more common and Luckily, I mean, hopefully that's offsetting the fact that you don't really see kids playing on the street much. It's, you know, it's not really done much in our our modern age of social media and everything online. And also just the fact that like our world is definitely a little bit more dangerous now in a lot of places. So that's not always an option depending on where you live and your community and such. So hopefully there's an offset happening. Like I feel like I know so many parents whose kids are in like a like toddler yoga class and like that's amazing that that kid's getting exposed to that so i wanted to start off by highlighting your background and how you got into fitness because i know what your background is but (laughs) sure sure so i grew up as a dancer i went into performing in college singer dancer actress mostly worked in musical theater i did some film and some television And I was like, not the sports kid. I was on no sports teams. I thought that there was a big difference between like dance and art and like sports and competitive nature, which is hilarious now as I know who I am as a person. Like you would think, you would think I would have fallen into the category of like the sports girl growing up, but absolutely not. Didn't walk into a gym, didn't know what I was doing and was slightly maybe conditioned to be repulsed by it and to some extent. So... I was performing and there was a period of time I was living in Las Vegas and I needed just like a day job to support what I was doing at night. And I walked into a bar fitness studio. So bar fitness is like, you know, ballet inspired fitness, very adjacent to everything I knew. I took a class. I met the woman who owned the studio and she was like, oh, do you want to teach? 
was like, teach fitness? I don't know. What am I going to do, teach fitness? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I just kind of threw myself in this teacher training program, came out the other side, not even knowing if I was going to be able to do it. Like, I almost quit, like, countless times. It, the woman who trained me was amazing, probably the best motivator I've ever come across in my life. But she was hard. She was really particular. And she made me a good trainer to start off with, which was amazing. So I had that great background and quickly became one of the top, if not the top instructor at that studio. And then eventually moved over into another studio, helped create a bar program there. So I was creating different types of classes and such with another friend of mine. Then it came time for me to leave Las Vegas. I went back to New York and I found a tiny little studio all the way uptown Manhattan and Washington Heights. And I started doing their bar classes there. I was their sole bar instructor. And once again, tiny studio, no name. It's called Studio in the Heights. Fantastic community, but it's a neighborhood spot in a basement. If you weren't looking for it, you'd never find it. And my classes were always filling up and always waitlisted. And people loved it. And I loved being there. So during that time... I also, on my own, was getting into strength training just for myself. So I was going to another studio. I was trying these women's strength classes where you were lifting barbells. And I remember, you know, the first time I deadlifted 200 pounds. And it's a room full of women. It's only a female class. And everyone's cheering you on. There's something so badass about taking 200 pounds off the floor, standing up and standing there, like, so proud that's very empowering. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. So I started learning barbells back then. And this was 20, maybe 18 at this point. At the same time, my bar classes were selling out and my class actually got rated number one on ClassPass, which if you're not familiar, it's kind of just like this company in which you can drop into multiple classes all around the city. And I'm sure they're nationwide now. And you get rated based off of client ratings. They don't just pick someone. It's 100% based on reviewers' ratings. And I was in a no-name studio. I got rated number one over Pure Bar, Physique 57, like all the big names in Manhattan. And I was so beyond flattered. So that was an interesting time where I was like, okay, my classes are full. People love this. I got rated number one. I think it's time to brand this. I want this to be something in which I can take ownership of and say, like, I've created this. This is my version of my bar class or whatever, which is how Booty by Rudy came about. So this was just maybe slightly before the pandemic. I had branded my class. I was running it out of a couple different studios. And I kind of maxed out where I could do all of my classes. So I had this idea let me see if like people would join in an online class situation, see if my clients would do it. And I planned to trial that in, I guess it was like February of 2020. I was planning that out and getting the equipment and trying to figure out music and all these things. And then we all know what happened in March, 2020, Yeah, which is wild because oh, I was ready. Great. You're ahead of the times. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was ready. I was ready to go. I got everything up and running and I hit the ground running like a maniac. It was a very busy time. I was also personal training at the time. Over that time period, I also got certified in personal training and nutrition and all sorts of things. 
So I brought all of my clients online, my one-on-one clients. I brought all of my classes online. I was basically producing like a full schedule of classes. Like me, myself was an entire fitness studio that offered multiple classes, multiple times a day, which was nuts. And I totally burnt myself out doing that, but I loved it. And I was very, very fortunate to be able to have that type of success right away during COVID. But during this time, once everything was locked down, I had a few things in my home gym. I had a barbell squat rack, which is wild when you live in Manhattan. Don't ask how I had the space for that. (laughs) And I had a few kettlebells. And I had been training on kettlebells, and I tried a few things, but I never got really coached properly. I just, when I first got introduced to them, when I first started in the fitness industry, I always kind of thought they looked a little dangerous. Like, I was like, oh, people are locking out their knees and their joints because it came from, like, farm Pilates and thinking, like, oh, don't lock your joints. You're going to break them. Right. (laughs) Little did I know we are so not that easily breakable. But anyway, but I always still kind of thought like, wow, that looks really cool. That looks badass. I want to learn that someday. So I would YouTube and try a few things. And kind of once I got to the point where my 25 pound kettlebell was all I could really lift and I couldn't progress beyond that, I was like, okay, it's time to hire a coach. So I'm running my own classes. I'm doing the bar thing online. I hire my own kettlebell coach. I've been strength training on barbells and dumbbells for a while now. And as I'm making this transition and seeing the changes in not only my body from working out with kettlebells, but my mindset and feeling so empowered based on this tiny little tool that just sits in the corner of your room, I started to get this disconnect with what I was doing with bar and Pilates And granted, I love it. And it always felt very much like home to me because I had a dance background and because it felt fluid and fun and enjoyable and to the beat. I loved a lot of it about that, but I just found that it wasn't getting me to where I wanted to go. And it wasn't changing my mindset in such a deep way and giving me the confidence and empowerment that kettlebells were. So Over the course of, you know, lockdown into things reopening, I started to feel this disconnect more and more. And I started to transition. I opened up a couple different classes, like a bar plus strength class, where I introduced my clients to some elements of strength training with dumbbells at home with the bar. So it felt very accessible and still fun until it got to a point that I was like, this just isn't resonating with me anymore. And I started learning more about how the human body works and the benefits of strength training and why women, especially women who generally do work out regularly, generally do eat healthy, won't really see the results that they're looking for, especially if they're really looking for that like lean toned look that we all kind of say, that bar Pilates really isn't going to give it to you unless you just kind of naturally have that body type, which I don't know about you, but I do not look like an aloe yoga model naturally. So (laughs) I have to work a little bit differently for that toned, lean look. So as I was learning more about this, I was like, I have to close down these group classes. It's not serving people to my best ability. I know it's like, I know too much now. Right. right. It's, it's, so, it's your mindset changed and you need yeah. to change your business kind of with that because otherwise you'd be still teaching classes that it was like your heart wasn't fully in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Principles and beliefs changed with what you've learned and everything. Yeah. Because I learned all that through you too. And that's my workouts evolved from bar mm-hmm. and Pilates. Because yeah. I thought, oh, I want to look like those 
girls are so lean and they said these leg kicks are how you get long lean legs so yeah I, I bought right into it i'm like okay well mm-hmm. if i do like a five million of those maybe mm-hmm. my legs will transform and get long yep. yeah but, yeah uh, really the trick for me like you said with strength training and another thing i've learned is it especially benefits women because as we age our bones you know strength training is good to help build muscle around the bones so- yeah muscle around the bone bone density as well that's really important and just also just for your general health and well-being so people who have more muscle mass are more metabolically fit so essentially what that means is two people can be sitting on a couch watching netflix the person with more muscle mass versus the person with less muscle mass will burn more calories at rest than the person with less So that being said, you want to build muscle to be more metabolically fit, to be able to be in a healthy BMI, body mass index, and a healthy body weight and range. So that's also what strength strength training does for you, which is why it's so important. And then honestly, I think at the deepest part, especially for the women that I work with, there's so many benefits to changing your mindset. You don't get into it for that. Every woman goes in saying, I want my bikini body or I want these jeans to fit, or I, I want to feel fierce when I go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm here for my mental health. <laughs> yeah. Right. But really what it is at the baseline is mental health, which is fine. Right. And it's almost like a very buzzword right now, mental health, but like Absolutely. the mindset is a hundred percent everything. And if you feel like you could get through something really hard, really, really hard, really heavy dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, whatever you're using, you take that with you and that confidence to know that you could do everything. You're training your mind to better handle stress. I had a, a client who's exiting the program do her final check-in yesterday, and she put it so well. She's like, 12 weeks ago, situations at work that would super stress me out would actually get my heart rate super high. She's like, she actually showed me the data on her Apple Watch. And she's like, now those same situations literally you can visibly see the data her heart rate her average heart rate is lower during those situations she's like i feel like i can handle this stress better and i mean talk about moms like you guys got to handle stress like nobody else so the ability to get through that and to feel strong to feel capable to love your body to accept your body and also be able to feel like you have a way of working out that you can constantly improve on and look forward to it's life-changing life-changing yeah i agree because i've been there <laughs> and <laughs> and i look forward to my workouts for the most part not the box pistol squats <laughs> <laughs> that's the one exercise you <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah you're not gonna always love it but you at least know that like hey what's amazing about strength training too is taking yourself out of the group fitness world that tells you every workout you have to be like 110% and like go really hard and you get in what you put out. I know that was what really changed my life because I came from dance and thinking like the harder you work, the more jobs you're going to book, the better of a dancer you are, etc. So I really came from that mindset of like work is be the hardest worker in the room to understanding that your body actually should not be working out like that. Like those harder like circuit workouts, the more popular franchises that like 
have a different workout all the time or like are trying to get you to like a max or peak heart rate all the time, it's too much stress on the body. And then you're going to feel burnt out. You're not going to look forward to those types of workouts. Your body is going to hurt or be sore all the time. And it shouldn't be like that. Like it should be something that is adding to your life. Yes. I'm not going well, to yeah. do. I, do and I, I only lasted there like three or four months and I was like, yeah. I'm not yeah. And, and, I and that's great once in a while. And there's a lot of good elements to it. Look, anything that's getting people out of the house and to move their bodies, I am a fan of. I'm not here to say one thing is the right way and another thing isn't, but this is my experience and this has been my clients' experiences. You know, really making sure that you understand that like you can respect your body. You don't have to beat it down to get a result. You know, work oh, with it. And what I loved too, because I had that mindset of I have to work out longer than a half hour and I have to be the sweatiest person ever. And now it's so like mentally refreshing where if I'm sore or if I just, I'm kind of tired because who knows from whatever, I don't have to get the heaviest weights on. As long as I get through the workout that you've prepared for me, I'm okay. You know, I don't need to be at 10 out of 10 every time. And then yeah. when I am feeling refreshed and I do have that motivation, which is, I would say more of the time than not, then I lift heavier and I'm like, let me crank it up higher than I did last week because I'm pretty self-competitive. So <laughs> this is true, but you don't yeah. have to go super hard every time to, for it to be effective. And I yeah. just that shift, that shift of a mindset. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that was a big game changer for me. And it took me a while to really accept that too. There's a lot of everything you see in the media or on TV. It's like counterintuitive to a lot of what we see for me anyway. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's changing though, which is, which is great. You know, it's the fitness industry is evolving. Strength training is becoming something that more people are aware of. And at least women are aware that they should be doing to some capacity. And, you know, those conditioning type workouts, they're great too. You know, you want to incorporate a little bit of conditioning for your heart health, but it doesn't need to be all you do. And it's not your main focus. So once you start strength training, you're not going to see your Apple watch close the rings as quickly because your heart, it's monitoring your heart rate. It's not monitoring your muscular stress. And that's what's different about this is you're training your muscular system versus your cardiovascular system. So it, can make you feel like, oh, I'm not really working hard. I'm not getting anything out of this, but we're looking at the wrong things. We're measuring the wrong things. But if you have a coach and you have a good guide, you can know that you're on the right track and you're doing the right things. And hopefully they'll also tell you if for whatever reason you are taking it too easy on yourself, they'll spice it up for you if they need to. Yeah. (laughs) I want you to discuss the perks and challenges of being an entrepreneur. I saw something last week that I really liked that you posted where you describe that sometimes, you know, the challenges of being an entrepreneur is no one's really there to pat you on the back, tell you you're doing a great job. Aside from, I'm not talking about client wins. I know that's definitely a perk of what you do, but just describe that. Some cons and the challenges and. For sure. I mean, that's something I've been working on a lot personally as a business owner is I can get hyper-focused on how the business end is running and I can forget to honestly pat myself on the back because there isn't anyone else. You know, if I, other than 
potentially losing or gaining clients, there's no real way of getting feedback as to if I'm what I'm doing is good or not. That's really the only thing I have to measure. So, you know, if I wake up one day and I don't do anything, no one's going to say, Tiffany, you weren't there. You didn't show up. Maybe if I do that a few days in a row, some clients might get a little concerned, but, and I've never done that, but you know, the waking up every day and like setting my goals for the day and, and, and making sure that I'm staying on track and that I'm staying focused is really challenging. And there isn't anyone to say like, great job. Like you're doing the right things. And luckily I, I have surrounded myself with some people who are in similar situations to me, a a friend of mine who owns a gym here locally in Long Beach, him and I talk about this often. And luckily he is there, you know, and we're there for each other in times where we're both feeling like we're not doing anything. Everything sucks. (laughs) We're like, no, you're doing great. So that's something that like, when I do get the chance to talk to my clients, hear their wins, and see their success, I really try and soak that up so I can continue to feel that sense of purpose that we all inherently need as humans to drive us to do something great, right? There's, what is it, five or seven driving factors that every human needs to feel success and happiness. And one of those is that sense of purpose. And without feeling the feedback of like, yes, I'm doing this well, I'm doing this right, I'm making a difference, I'm helping people, it can feel very unmotivating. So that's really important in this business for sure. But you have lots of perks. Like I do have the ability to create something that I believe in. I have the ability to improve upon it. I have the ownership to really drive the direction and drive where this ship is headed to know that everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm creating, I see a vision for you know, when I plug in an assistant coach, you know, no matter who comes in the door, I can almost guarantee that they're going to get an incredible result. And they're going to, you know, as a client, as a consumer, get so much value. And as someone who will eventually get plugged into the business, they're going to feel like they're giving an incredible service. They're going to feel like they are part of a greater purpose as well. And that's something that's really important to me as I build this is to have that ownership of something that like, I feel like I'm creating this. Whereas before when I've worked for other people at gyms, it's almost felt like I have to fit into their puzzle. It's not my vision. And that's a big, for me, that's a big, big factor for why I chose to be an entrepreneur and a solopreneur is because I was like, I want to drive this ship. I have this vision and I really believe in it. And I really want to give this to as many women as possible. I think that is too why you're so successful because everyone can tell you believe in it and there's passion there. So that's really important. Yeah. Thanks. That's good. It's good to hear. (laughs) Do you find any challenges being a woman in the fitness industry? That's a good question. So I would say, so the fitness industry from a consumer standpoint is predominantly female. It's, I forget the exact percentage, but majority female. The world of fitness is very much tailored to obviously marketing and selling women does tend to play on women's fears and insecurities in fitness. So taking aside from like the fact that I am in the fitness industry, entering that space as a woman for me, I bought into a lot of the marketing and the things that you hear, like the 
You want lighter weights, higher reps. You don't want to eat any carbohydrates. You definitely don't want to strengthen, you know, back in the day, it's definitely changing, but that's all of the things, you know, all the juice cleanses, detoxes, name them. Because I would think that that industry was predominantly male. I mean, for me, I think personal trainer, I think the, you know, muscular guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know from my experience, my peers, women are so intimidated going to the gym. They are so scared of just walking up to the weight rack and picking up a dumbbell. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So more so as a consumer, that's what we're looking at with majority female. Now, exactly what you said, like we think of a personal trainer, we think of going to the gym, you're in the weight room, there's some big guy downing protein shakes and creatine and There's even a video of, uh, it's from maybe the fifties and it shows so much how fitness has changed for women where it's one shot of them in the weight room with all the guys. And like, then it like pans over to this other room where women are basically getting these like weird massage chair things. And they go like, and here's to the weaker sex. And you <laughs> see like a woman using dumbbells and like the big bulky guy trying to like help her get the dumbbells up. Like she can't do it herself. And so I, things have changed, which is good. But there are still a lot of women who are really, really scared about entering the strength training space, which is why I love being in the position that I'm, I'm in and really knowing what it's like firsthand to be a woman who subscribed to a lot of those types of thoughts and those types of ideas and regimens and now where I am today. So I believe in my position as now someone who is within the industry that it's really important for me to continue to spread this message. So women can feel like, oh, okay, she understands me. She's been there before. Because it's a big difference being a woman being trained by a man versus a woman being trained by a woman. They're not to necessarily completely separate the genders, but they're not necessarily going to understand what you're going through when it's your bleed week and you want and you have to work out. Like they don't necessarily know what that's like, and that's okay. But yeah, when you look at strength training specifically, it is definitely predominantly male, but it is changing. It is growing. It is becoming more common to see women in the weight room. And even though it's, it's definitely intimidating for a lot of newbies, it's, it's the time to try it. You're not going to be the only woman in the weight room anymore, which is great. Right. And I'm sure you hate this myth, but that whole, I don't want to bulk up. I've heard it so many times. And oh, it's so irritating to hear that because I mean, so what, I mean, you're not going to look like everyone knows muscle burns fat anyway. So why wouldn't you want more muscle? Just Yeah. Yeah. Bulking up is actually quite challenging for the majority of people. There are certain genetic types that are more just prone to gaining muscle mass faster. Generally, you know, if you're that type of person, because you're just, you've got a naturally athletic build and muscular build already. And for those people, you know, it's not like you don't want to strength train. You just might need to strength train a little bit less. You might need to adjust your diet. But like people who are trying to bulk up bodybuilders, they work really hard to do that. They're in the gym for a couple hours every day. They're eating a lot of protein. They're most likely taking other supplements such as creatine, et cetera. And they're going through periods of bulking and cutting over and over again, where they're over in a calorie surplus that's considered bulking in the bodybuilding industry 
And then they go into cutting phases where they're in a calorie deficit to reduce fat, but they're trying to maintain their muscle and they eat a very, very high protein diet to make that happen. In my opinion, it's not the most healthy thing for the average person to do. So I don't recommend doing those things unless you plan to compete as a bodybuilder, but that's the type of work it takes. So the average woman, like I know my average client works out three to four times a week with dumbbells or kettlebells. I have a few clients I program with barbells. They're not bulking up. And I have women like yourself who've worked with me for a year plus and are very, very happy with their bodies and have not seen those types of results. So yeah, I saw in my app we're coming up to to our one year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's exciting. <laughs> so I personally love your company name. I want to know how you came up with it and how you've built your brand and the challenges with that and how you stay relevant and everything like that. Yeah, great question. So Booty by Rudy was, it's not a crazy story, but it is a fun one. We're sitting in a bar with a friend having a glass of wine or two. And it was when my classes were really full and I was like, I want to brand this. I want to take some ownership over this, you know, bar class I have. And we were throwing out all different names and Booty by Rudy just stuck. It was so catchy. Yeah. You know, and at the time it was bar fitness, which always has a big emphasis on glutes. So it just felt like it was right. So I branded it then. And like I said, it started out in bar fitness, but then as the business itself shifted, as I shifted in my offerings, I just kept the name because it was just too catchy to get rid of. And I thought several times, should I change it? Like people are just going to think it's butt workouts, (laughs) but you know, it just, it's got a good name. Yeah. I think that's your brand. I mean, that's what I I love. I think yeah. that's, that's great. I think you need something catchy to catch people's attention. And I think mm-hmm. that I love it. Yeah. And then from a branding aspect, so my, my brand colors are pink and green and pink generally just represents like fun, free, youthful, and like a sense of openness and green is a very grounded color. Think, think nature, leaves, greenery, etc. And I liked the marriage of both, of thinking about being connected and rooted to the earth, to nature, to yourself, to who you are, but also being free and light and fun and not taking anything too seriously. And like bringing those two things together are kind of why from a branding aspect, I chose those two colors at the start and they've stuck as well throughout this entire time. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that you like those colors. Yeah. I mean, I like them too, but that's the main reason. I love that. So I want to know how you build building a routine. How important is it for those of us who lead busy lives? How important is it to have a dedicated routine and to stay consistent? Mm, Great question. So routine is everything. One of the first things I do when I onboard a new client is I talk them through some of our core beliefs and our core values. And one of those here at Booty Rudy is fail to plan, plan to fail, right? It's planning ahead and making sure that you have your self set for success. How do we do that? Our habits and our routines. They are the basis and foundation of everything we do. I don't let clients move forward in anything until they really nailed that first week or so with the new habits and routines that we want. So if you're not able to just consistently show up, let's say three times a week at whatever time works in your schedule, 
It does not matter what type of workout you do, how hard it is, how easy it is, literally does not matter. The number one most important thing that cannot falter is you showing up, is you prioritizing and planning. When are you going to work out? And the same thing goes for nutrition. If you're not able to dedicate time to think ahead as to what will I eat? When will I eat? Will this be a balanced meal? If you can't just start to think about nutrition on a meal-to-meal basis and build an awareness, so a lot of my clients start by sending me food photos, if you can't build that awareness of communicating with your coach, hey, this is what I'm having, or thinking about your meals every time they're happening, then you're always going to be reactive to your situation. Oh, I had a really busy day. Oh, I forgot to eat. Now I'm really hungry. Now I'll just grab this real quick. It may not be the healthiest option for me. And I'm going to overeat because I went way too many hours without eating. And then you're reactionary instead of thinking, okay, I need to be thinking ahead about my meals. And I know it sounds simple, but this is the biggest game changer for every single person that I work with. It's your habits. It's your routines that make everything then we can refine once we know that that's solid. And granted, part of behavior change is you will slip back into old patterns. You will forget. You will you know, skip a workout here and there. The most important thing too is also then looking at your mindset and going, okay, it's not always going to be perfect, but it's about the journey. It's not all is lost if one meal was, you know, oh, I was on the go and I forgot to plan ahead and this happened and I grabbed this and then you get in this feeling of guilt and then think it's all over and then it goes downhill, right? Then we got to incorporate that mindset with and go, you know what? That was just one meal. The rest of the week's great. Tomorrow's a new day. Next meal's a new meal. You can move forward. So it all starts with habits. It all starts with your routine for sure. And then when life does get crazy, You've already built that and you can lean into that and kind of just know that that's taken care of. Once that habit's there, you don't have to think about it. It just becomes a part of your day that is something you do, like brushing your teeth. And then you can have less stress around, oh no, when am I going to work out? What am I going to eat? It's just built into your daily life. Right. I think that's really important to highlight because we all have the best intentions. Most of us have good intentions and then life gets in the way or we didn't prepare enough at the grocery store or something. But food prep, we've talked about this so many times. It's not that difficult to do a bunch of food prep. It's just the matter of thinking about it and then executing it. Because I've been there where if I don't food prep, it kind of just sets me up throughout the week for multiple issues. I I won't say failures, but issues. Whether it's I don't have time for a breakfast where I could have just made overnight oats. It would have taken two minutes to just package it. You don't have to cook it. Literally just put it in a container, set it overnight. But my life is way more consistent and and helpful to me when I do those, have that planning ahead. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think so many of us can go, oh, I don't have the time to do that. I don't even have two minutes to prep overnight oats. Yes, you do. (laughs) I'm lovingly, yes, yes. Cause then, the, then we got to analyze, okay, what are we doing every day, every minute of every hour? Are you really doing things that are important to you or things that feel really urgent that give you a sense of like, oh, I'm really busy. So I'm doing things, but you're doing a bunch of stuff that isn't getting you anywhere that you really want to go. So then, then you got to analyze all that. I found that too with workouts where 
let's say I, I missed a week because things were busy before we started working together. Mm-hmm. I would feel like, oh no, I got to get into that gym and be there for an hour and a half. And I'm just spinning yeah. my wheels, doing basically nothing. And then I'm probably sore for a week because I'm <laughs> working out yeah. in different muscle groups that don't like complement each other. Whereas now, and I've told you this too, especially around the holidays when things are busy, having a plan is just, it's just makes life so much easier. I know I can spend a half hour doing this. I don't have to think about it. It's laid out. I don't have to go on Pinterest or wherever and find some BS workout or go on YouTube and hate it anyway. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's just so much easier. And then you're not falling off the wagon. You can stay consistent because it's right there on your phone. Three days, three workouts already prepared for you. So yeah, makes life so much easier. Yeah, for sure. What does your day-to-day routine look like? I've spent a lot of time improving on this and I am not always perfect. I will be the first to admit, but something that I worked on a while ago, that's really stuck with me pretty well is something called the intentional day strategy. This actually comes from Tony Robbins where you sit down and you think about, okay, who do I want to be? How do I want to live my life? What kind of a day do I want to have? And you think about that person. Don't think about what your current life is. Think about Obviously, you do have to think about who you like. If you can't pretend you don't have kids, if you don't have kids, but generally speaking, (laughs) generally speaking, and plan out like if your day was intentional based off of what you wanted out of your life, what your ultimate goals were, then you align planning your day based off of that. Now, shifting into that for some people can be easier. Some people, it might take many steps to get to that place, right? Because that ideal might be one thing, but your life looks completely different. You can't just flip your life around overnight. But it gives you this outline where you can start to work towards it. So this is something that I've been working towards and I'm generally pretty close to it. I actually literally have it. I have things posted all over here to remind me. I'm very much into mindset. We haven't figured that out. So I literally have my intentional day strategy that I created a while ago posted on my wall ahead of me. And so I pretty much consistently wake up every morning at 7 a.m. That is a given. It's really important to wake up at the same time every day for our circadian rhythm. So even if you go to bed late, you want to wake up at the same time every day. Catching up on sleep isn't really a thing. It's just going to mess up your circadian rhythm and you're not going to ever feel like you get restful sleep. So the most, the best thing that you do is just go to sleep a little earlier the night before maybe, but generally stay in that same sleep and wake cycle to keep your body regulated. So I wake up at 7 a.m. Most days, weekends is pretty close. I do not set my alarm, but my circadian rhythm wakes me up pretty much at 7.30 to 8. From there, I give myself about an hour and a half to get ready and spend some time with self-development. So sometimes for me, this looks like self-development from a personal level, something I want to work on. For instance, intentional day strategy or learning a little bit of that. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. So I'll sometimes work on Tony Robbins stuff or mindset stuff, Joe Dispenza. I, I, there's a bunch of people I follow that I would you know, either be reading or podcast or working on some sort of course. Now, when my business is taking priority and there's something very specific that I need to learn with that, it'll look like time for that. So maybe that's learning something within marketing or something with you know working on my fulfillment within my business, whatever that might be. That time is there to really dedicate to educating myself and growing my skill sets and filling my cup. That's really important is that I'm starting the day filling my cup because for the rest of the day, I'm going to be pouring into other people's. 
So then once my day starts, you know, I make sure that I spend about 15 minutes priming my energy. So doing something that wakes me up or gets me outside or gets me in a positive mindset. So like gratitude or breathing. Sometimes that can look like yoga. Sometimes that can look like jumping around and dancing. Sometimes that's just a walk with Ruby outside and getting some sun and some fresh air. I live 30 seconds from the beach. So that is always invigorating. So I can set myself up in a really positive frame of mind for the rest of the day. That's super important. I used to be the type of person that would wake up with just enough time to get ready for my first appointment of the day. (laughs) And that doesn't work. It just drains you. It drains you. And then you're not able to fully help people. And then from there, I have my day. So it depends on what day it might look like. I, you know, have calls with clients sessions, coaching sessions, check-ins, you know, from a fulfillment standpoint of the business, maybe I'm writing client programming, maybe I'm recording videos for clients. Some days it looks like getting on consults and talking to new people and connecting with potential clients and seeing if they're a good fit for the program, if I can help them, maybe give them some information and some guidance. Other days it can look like I'm actually looking at it to try and remember what my days look I like. It. I want a copy of it. I'm, I want to, <laughs> I need something like that. Do you meditate? Not as of lately, but I, I used to have a pretty regular regimen of meditation. It's something that has fallen. I wouldn't say I don't meditate. I don't meditate in the typical sense. Kind of that 15 minutes of priming that I do to start my day is a form of meditation but it doesn't look always typically like the sit down, cross your legs, close your eyes and breathe (laughs) type meditation. That's kind of how I go about my day. And I I try and make sure that I plan what's important and make sure that I'm not doing things that are unimportant or not urgent or wasting time and stay really intentional with my days. And I mean, it depends. I honestly, at the point that my business is at right now, I'm doing everything that it takes to continue to move forward. So some days are longer than others. But what's really important is that I make sure that when I am done with my day, I try my hardest to get off Instagram, Facebook, the computer. I'm not perfect. Spend some time with my partner, Matt, you know, really be present with him and then have hobbies and activities outside of my business that I enjoy you know, friends, things like that, social life, but a healthy one as well. And understanding that because of where I'm at in my business, sometimes those things do have to take a backseat, but I've also learned that they need to be there to add value to my life and continue to provide me happiness so I can continue to show up Monday through Friday as best as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, one thing you love about your job. One thing I love about, oh, I have to pick one. <laughs> or two. One, one thing. <laughs> Working with Sarah. Yeah. That's okay. my favorite. Done. One thing I love about my job is the ability to impart the knowledge that I've gained onto other people. And in turn, that always forces me to learn and to grow and be self-reflective and introspective to learn more about myself and continue that cycle. The more I learn, the more I grow, the more I can give, the more I can import that knowledge and it just keeps flowing. And it's one of the most exciting things, I think, about what I do, owning a business and owning a fitness business as well. Wow. I think that's so great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. 
I'm really happy that you came on my show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was awesome, Sarah. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.